0: Hello and welcome to Amra Circle. I'm your host Deeksha and I'm so excited to introduce this platform that brings parents, educators and experts together to discuss all things parenting. For we all know it takes a village to raise a child. This podcast will shed light on different issues, questions and topics relevant to the early parenting community. Enjoy your musings every week as my team and I take pressing parenting topics and break them into 20-minute episodes. Subscribe to Amra Circle on Spotify or Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you never miss an update. Today we'll talk about social-emotional learning in children, what that means and the role parents can potentially play. I have on the podcast with me. She's the founder of Journey Matters. She's a Master's in Counseling and Guidance from NTU Singapore. She's been working in the field of social-emotional learning and education for over seven years now. Hey, Drishti. How's it going?
1: It's going well, Deeksha. How are you?
0: I'm good, thanks. Welcome to Amra Circle. And I'm very happy to have you on the podcast. And I'd love to pick your brain about social-emotional learning today.
1: Of course, of course.
0: Uh, So, hey, Drishti, can you help us understand what social emotional learning exactly refers to? And more specifically, how does this look like in children, say, younger than six years? Feel free to break it down by different age groups.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, so basically social emotional learning or popularly it's called SEL is where anybody, you, me, children as young as three months old, where we all learn and identify what our emotions are. We learn to manage those emotions. We um, It's where we try and achieve our personal goals, where we feel, we show empathy for each other. We um, learn what a healthy relationship is. We learn what it means to sustain a healthy relationship how do we make responsible decisions for ourselves what coping strategies we use so social emotional learning kind of encompasses all these things so there's a personal component to it there's a social component to it and there's a community component to it as well now if i take you if i break it down even further to say two months old it goes back to trying to have their needs met uh, we reach to four months of old, where they're just trying to understand their surroundings. They start becoming familiar with their surroundings, like this is my home, this is where my parents are. They start to imitate facial expressions. You go to six months of age, they enjoy looking at their own faces in the mirror. Because at, as early as six months of age, they start understanding who's familiar, who's my parent and who is not my parent or who's not a grandparent or any caregiver anybody that they've seen since when they were born to six months are familiar faces for them someone they interact with daily so this is one key that you know we can keep in mind and talk about how the pandemic may kind of influence this development as they grow older nine months of age they start showing a little bit of stranger anxiety they start having my favorite toy this is my favorite blanket This is my favorite T-shirt. They start having preferences over things that make them feel comfortable. They start developing attachment patterns with their caregivers. As simple as when their caregiver leaves the room, they start crying. They start learning meaning of new words. By the age of one, they start showing fear in new situations. They start to demonstrate so they've always been feeling unsettled around strange people or when not strange people sorry around unfamiliar people but here they start to demonstrate their anxiety so it's important that we understand here that children very young start learning how they can cope with these big emotions is
0: there a kind of environment that parents have to provide. Yes, they have to be loving. They have to be caring. They have to create this safe space. But how would you define Mm -hmm. that safe space? Is there a tangible way to describe this space?
1: Uh, One of the biggest things that parents can do at home to give children the notion that they're in a safe and comforting space is have some sort of a structure put in place for them. So any kind of structure and I'm not saying eight o'clock to this that 10 o'clock this, and then 12 o'clock and then two o'clock and four o'clock. Not that rigid schedule but sort of like a structure where morning, our morning routine is this. So if you go out, say for a walk with your child, whatever time it may be in the morning, it can be slightly late in the morning or early in the morning but you kind of start your day off with a walk in the garden. You do, and the child knows, okay. when I wake up, we're going to go for a walk. And then we're gonna come back. And then now it's diaper change time. Now it's feeding time. Now it's sleeping time. It's nap time. So have some structure in place for them because structure gives them a lot of security. So I think that the whole the pandemic has brought about this whole uh, thing about you know how everybody is uncomfortable with uncertainty
0: makes perfect sense the pandemics also impacted the social emotional learning of children of different age groups right so I'd really love to understand what this looks like in children and maybe we can start with someone who's say two years old you know someone who's never seen what it looks like when they don't have to stay home all the time or just interact with their immediate family so, someone who's not really interacted with the pre-pandemic world what does it look like in uh, in, in someone who's two years old and how did the pandemic impact their social emotional learning
1: see remember in the beginning when we spoke about development milestones right so as early as six months children start to differentiate between familiar and unfamiliar places in new environment they see comfort with the caregiver so when you Remove all of these components out when you say, they've not really interacted with anybody unfamiliar. They're only with familiar people around them. They get comfortable with being comfortable. So it's like being in the comfort zone all the time. They don't like moving out of their comfort zone at all. So they don't get to experiment with how they react. If they are anxious, what do they do to self soothe? See, children start sucking their thumb as early as two months, three months. Why? Because they learn the, the concept of self soothing entirely on their own. Do we teach them here, suck your thumb now? No. It's something they do it instinctively. It's because self soothing is something that's inbuilt in all of us. So,
0: how do you suggest parents ease children back into? say whatever's next we don't know what's next what do you suggest parents do how do they ease children into this new world that they're going to see
1: you know how everybody is talking about learning loss during the pandemic I try to look at it as a learning delay so even when even if it's social emotional learning delay it is a learning delay it's not a learning loss it's not something that's gone and can't come back So it's a learning delay, which we can very comfortably make up for. So it's not, we we also can't look at it from an angle where let's compensate for all the time we lost now. Let's go and meet 20 kids today. Uh, Let's interact with all these people today. You can't, we can't overwhelm the child. If you have a child who's never socialized before because of the pandemic, and now you are just starting to introduce this child to different family members, friends, try and talk to your child and cannot emphasize this enough where parents need to talk to their child. So many times parents say what oh, they're young, what do they understand? They understand everything more than you would want them to understand. So talk to your child about the person they're going to meet. Try and make the environment for them as predictable as you possibly can. Your child doesn't know what to expect from the social interaction. That's where the hesitation is coming from. So you make the environment as familiar as you possibly can. Make sure that you're meeting in your home so that the environment is familiar. You are there as a parent. So you are familiar. And then one unfamiliar person. And then gradually extend that. Instead of taking them to like, come let's go to a playground and there are 20 kids. and The child doesn't know what to do.
0: Interesting. So ease them into the social setting, whatever that may be.
1: And go at it at a pace that your child is comfortable with. And it's okay if your child needs more time. And talk to your child and tell them, talk to them about what they could be feeling, what you're feeling. So, I think these conversations are very, very important. So for parents to understand what
0: social emotional learning should look like or, you know, For them to really understand more about this, what are some of the resources they could be looking at?
1: See, unfortunately, Diksha, all the resources that are out there for children, they all focus on cognitive development. Whether it's snap puzzles, it's memory games, or it's blocks or anything, right? So all of them are basically designed to help children achieve an outcome. And then that outcome is tied to self-esteem and confidence. So I think invariably what children are learning is that self-esteem and confidence are conditional to achieving certain outcomes. Now about resources for social emotional learning, there are very, very few. And not and very implicit social emotional learning skills that are there in existing games. It's not explicit. So when resources are scarce, when it comes to social emotional learning, I encourage parents to tap into their own personal selves. Actively involved in their play. Uh, you know, not just, don't just talk about made up stories of a king and queen and doing something with some animal and bear is angry and banana is something. Made up stories are great. But also talk about yourself. Talk about your emotions. Talk about their emotions. You give them choices that are more suitable to Start helping them make these choices. I mean, there are so many of these, um, you know, memes that I come across where children are saying, ki, uh, you know, all our life, we've not been given any choice in terms of what clothes we wear, what food we eat, who our friends are. They always had a say where we are going, what we are doing. And then suddenly we are bombarded with so many big life choices to make. We're not really prepared for that. So start giving them choices that are acceptable to you as
0: a parent. Very recently, I was talking to a parent, and uh, they were talking to me about how they don't really know what to talk to their child about, and that goes back to what you what you were saying, right? Parents need to figure out what to talk to their children about. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong. What, parents can start with talking about their day, how their day has been, and just asking their child how how the child's day has been, right? It's a simple exercise. At the end of the day, you sort of regroup and you talk about your day.
1: I think it's really it's as simple as that, and you'd be surprised how much parents will struggle with these kind of conversations mm-hmm. because their dinner table conversations are usually well, how was your day? It was good, <laughs> and this is what children are picking up on, mm-hmm. and then later on when they're older. And their adolescents and their parents ask them how was school, they're gonna get those same
0: responses back. Interesting. So, Drishti, switching gears a little, let's talk about A to Z of You and Me. Can you help us understand what it is, how you've come up with it, and what, what inspired you to do this?
1: Sure. So, A to Z of You and Me, um, I think this has been on my mind for many years, but it was more of a solidified plan during the pandemic. So I like to call it my pandemic invention also sometimes. So for the product that I have, just easier viewing needs for each alphabet, we have a social emotional learning word that we have attached to it. So for example, say we have N for need, and we have a character who goes through all the alphabets and her name is Fufu. And for N, Fufu is really sad, and realize that she needs a hug from her mom to feel better. And then we have a question prompt at the end, which says, "When what do you do or what do you need when you feel sad? And then children will then start to respond to that statement using the word need. Well, when I'm sad, I need a chocolate. Okay. So you turn these questions into conversations. This be for brave. What makes you brave? Here parents will have to tell them what makes them brave. You need to share on, you need to kind of draw from your own experiences. Give your child more examples. Fufu's example is just one. Give them more from your own personal experience. Got it. You can ask them what they see, what they're feeling when they look at it. Introduce the words. And of course, you have talking points behind that would help parents and educators both to take their students or children through different kinds of conversations.
0: Thank you for such a fascinating conversation, Drishti. It, it was really, really great yeah. having you. <music> Listeners, thank you for listening to this episode on social and emotional learning. If you have further questions on SEL or anything else child development and parenting related, you can DM us on Instagram and we'll be sure to address these questions in our future episodes. Amra is a parent and childcare brand focused on creating an environment that will help children thrive and parents find their support system.